Hey, this is Danny from the Magic Our Way podcast, and you guys are listening to the BS Podcast Network. Your attention, please. The Magic Our Way podcast is now leaving from New Orleans for an artistic tour of all things Disney. Jumbo, everyone. Rumble. Hi, Mr. Anonymous here, and you are listening to the Magic Our Way podcast. Magic Our Way takes an artistic view of all things Disney-related. Join your hosts, Kevin and Danny, Marvel expert and proprietor of ivorycomics.com, Eli, and your personal earmark travel agent, you've got a friend in Lee, Lee Lastavica. Come join the Mile Weekend Nation on social media and at magicourway.com. Jumbo, everyone! Harambe! And welcome to another edition of the, the Magic, Magic Our Way, Way podcast. podcast. And this is Lee, and this is it. <laughs> Guys, uh, we're going to have a very different recording tonight. Um, try to keep it short and sweet, but basically, um, uh, Danny is out, uh, has some issues with his ear, so he was not able to watch the Rogue One, uh, not able to record, can't have headset on his ears, anything like that. And in addition to that, some other scheduling conflicts came up. So guess what? You got me, your friendly travel agent, Lee, at Magical Moments Vacations. <laughs> uh, but to make things interesting, I uh, was lucky enough to be able to reach Mr. and Mrs. Mononymous, uh, Richard and Rachel Hercher. They're here with me today. Hey, say hi, guys. Hello. Howdy. And uh, we are going to take you guys through a spoiler-filled review of Rogue One. Uh, we didn't want to wait much longer. We know that it's, uh, everyone's waiting to talk about it, and everyone's anxious to talk about it. So uh, that's what we're going to do today. So if you guys are ready to listen, make sure that you expect spoilers. Make sure you've seen the movie. If you haven't seen the movie, push this on pause. Listen to it a little later, and uh, we are going to jump right in it. So if you uh, would like to join us, we definitely appreciate it. And uh, with no further ado... Let's talk about Rogue One. All right, guys, Kevin here. You heard what Lee said. This is a spoiler-filled episode. So if you don't want any of the magic to be ruined for this particular Star Wars story, man, you better hit stop or pause right now. Go ahead and do it. You know you know who you are. Go ahead and do it. Head out to the movie theater. Go check it out. And then you know what you could do when you hop back in your car or if you're walking back to your house or wherever you're going, you're going to eat good hit play resume whatever and you can continue listening to this show man that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna hit pause right now and i'm gonna go check out this movie and then listen to what lee and the hurchers have to say so uh last warning man this is a spoiler filled episode what does that mean they're gonna talk about anything and everything that happened on that movie man we're not gonna hold you know we're gonna pull back the curtains we're gonna do everything so this is your last chance because i'm about to uh toss it over to lee who's going to take you through this episode. So, Lee, take it away. Okay, guys. Well, again, we do have uh, two special Moicans joining us tonight. 
Mr. and Mrs. Mononymous, Richard and Rachel Hercher. Uh, glad to have you guys on. Just a note there, Lee, it's Rochelle. Rochelle, oh my God. Okay, note to Danny and the rest of the Mohicans. We've been saying her name the wrong the whole time. So, which makes sense the way it's spelled, of course. Yeah, Rochelle. So, scratch that. Introducing Mr. and Mrs. Hercher, Richard and Rochelle Hercher. That's better. <laughs> Thanks for joining me, guys. Nice to be here. <laughs> Happy to be All here. All right, cool. Let's talk about Rogue One. I've heard a lot of good reviews. Uh, I saw it. Obviously, you guys saw it. The buzz was really good from the beginning. But, you know, as with a lot of Star Wars movies, I mean, it's going to have a lot of buzz. It is Star Wars. Everyone's got a big fan universe. But uh, just a quick thumbs up, thumbs down. What did you guys think? Oh, I did every thumb possible up. I, I enjoyed the <laughs> hell out of this movie. And I didn't really think it'd be all that great about a year ago. I was kind of thinking, mm -hmm. eh, maybe you know, it'll be fun little tease, you know, a side dish until we get to the next one. But boy, I like this one better than Force Awakens. I would agree. This one is definitely one that I liked more than The Force Awakens. But I walked out of there, and Richard can attest to this, and went, this is the most depressing Star Wars movie ever. Oh, I, I said it reminded me a lot of Empire Strikes Back. Not the storyline, but it was Dark. a lot darker. Um, you know, not just the storyline, but even the actual movie was darker. It was, you know, especially at the beginning of the movie, it was almost like, man, I was afraid it was going to literally be that dark in the theater the whole time. Um, but yeah, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I thought it definitely took a different direction. And, um, and since you said that, I mean, Force Awakens, I thought was a good movie, but it was just a rehash of, of, you know, New Hope. If you want to call it New Hope, I just call it Star Wars. But, um, it was really just to get kind of fans reacclimated with the storyline and this, you know, who's who and here, this is Chewbacca and this is, you know, Han and this is Leia and so on and so forth. So, you know, I, while I liked it, it didn't blow me away. Uh, this one, I was really, uh, this was a really good movie. I just, uh, Star Wars fan or not, you know, it was, it was solid. I, I, I really walked out of that one thinking that, um, it, with with uh, you know the, the force, uh, the, um, I'm sorry, the, the force awakens. Whatever they're doing next, they've got this continual line. that's like, okay, we have to keep building and building and building. And then when they said, okay, we're going to start figuring out how to do Rogue One, everybody up top just looked at the directors and producers and said, you guys do whatever you want, just clean it up when you're done. And they <laughs> just had fun and just enjoyed every moment of it uh, to, to the extent that they could with uh, whatever resources they could throw at it, and really delivered. It's definitely yeah. one where, like I said, I ended the movie going, oh my god. And we immediately came home and started watching A New Hope because you can't, yeah. <laughs> you can't, you know, end that movie and not go into the next step. You just can't. Yeah, we watched it last night, actually. We watched New Hope again. I was like, okay, we're going to, we we didn't watch it that night, but last night we did. And uh, absolutely. And then, <clears throat> you know, to, to Richard's point, you know, it was, it's really a movie unto itself, I think. You know, no, there's no characters overlap uh, with, again, with, with uh, Force Awakens, you had Han, you had, you know, the the backstory with Leia was there, all that stuff. But these were a whole new cast of characters who, they're nobody to us, you know, and we, I thought they did a really good job in, in creating characters that we cared a lot about. Well, some of the rebellion people weren't new to us, especially to the nerdy people who read wikipedia and all that stuff we knew we knew who those people oh okay <laughs> all right so who did you guys know that i didn't know because i mean i i didn't know who anyone was other than nobody yeah i can't i can't think i mean I'm, maybe i'll think of someone in a second but i literally couldn't think of one character who 
I was familiar with. So who who do you guys know who was who? Okay, go ahead, Richard, because you'll know I, them by name. I, honestly, I, I I didn't go walk in with any with any foreknowledge that wasn't just general uh, general information on that. I did the only person that even finding out after watching the movie had been kind of snuck in from uh, pre-existing lore that you know the average Star Wars person wouldn't know. Um, there, there there's a character who shows up in like two or three episodes of the cartoon series that they did years ago uh, on uh, uh, the Clone Wars, uh, and he's actually the, uh, the character Sam Whitaker plays. Um, he apparently had a uh, had a role, Saw but Guerrera. I had no idea. Yeah, what was his name? Saw Guerrera. Yeah, Saw Guerrera. Um, no, but, but you're forgetting. Oh, you're close. Well, yeah, but you know, again, you, if you saw Star Wars, you recognized a lot of these people. You saw Mon Mothma, you saw General Dodonna, he was the, the guy who says, uh, oh, we found uh, the analysis of the Death Star plans, we're going to blow it up. You know, whatever he does in A New Hope is they're getting ready to get prepped up to jump into the X-Wing fighters. Bail uh, so Organa. Bail Organa. And when Jimmy Smith showed up on the screen, you and I, that, both went, yeah, I, I nerded nerd out. out I, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did the whole clap hand clapping. and then the the background characters and the X-wing fighters that they pulled from scenes from uh, uh, from, from a New Hope from the, uh, from the Death Star battle. It's like I, Rochelle was standing over on the side of the theater. Uh, we we had to. We, it wasn't just the two of us who saw the movie. We actually brought the baby with us. Uh, and uh, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, when she was getting a little fussy, we just you know, took her off to the side and, uh, and walked her about a, bit, a little bit. So Rochelle was over there, standing over by the exit, uh, and, and I saw that, and I looked over at her, gave her the big thumbs up, and yeah, that uh, that was uh, again nice little fan treat. Um, and but uh, you know, it was one of those things where it's like the the actual people you'd meet and the story followed. Those were. Fresh, right. brand new. There was no pre-existing storyline except for Sam Whitaker's character. That one was a lift uh, from a character they uh, they had in that that Star Wars cartoon, Clone Wars. Um, who apparently they're going to bring that back, bring that character back for the new cartoon they're doing called Rebels. Uh, I guess he's going to be showing up mm -hmm. this season. Yes, yeah, so uh, we're going to have to go back and watch Clone Wars before the episode of Rebels comes out because we're nerdy like that. And that is on Netflix. So <laughs> if you have a Netflix account, you can pop that in. Oh, okay, cool. I'll check it out. When does it come out? Uh, well, the Rebels episode's probably in the next two or three weeks. Um, yeah. And that's on okay. Dis what's the, it's Disney. Yeah, Disney XD. XD, yeah. that, that airs. Oh, airs okay, gotcha. Um, but the Clone Wars cartoon that had the really crappy animation, that's where we see Saw Gerrera uh, show up. Yeah. And that's where he was really introduced to us, and we didn't realize that Richard read something and went, oh my God, that's him. My wife asked me, oh, that guy from... Uh, to Mama Itambien or whatever. Yes. He's in yeah. it. I was like, uh, I guess so. He didn't seem Mexican to me. He thought I thought he was French. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what's so if Luna you Diego? say so. <laughs> yeah. Diego Luna, Luna Diego, I can't remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, yeah uh, Diego Luna. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, yeah, if you say so. I didn't know that it was him. but <laughs> So she knew him from that movie. I was like, hey, cool. <laughs> Let's go check that out. Yeah, I was like, well, I didn't know because he didn't seem Hispanic at all. He, was, he spoke like he was French, his accent. <laughs> I'll tell you, um, you, you brought up some of the, uh, you know, bringing in some of the old machinery and the old uh, bringing back some of the original Star Wars uh, TIE fighters and all that stuff. You know, I, how did you guys feel about some of the, the CGI that they had to use? I mean, it was pretty flawless, I thought. Um, some people were a little put off with the, uh, yeah, but the Grand Tarkin uh, character, uh, is, is that right? Grand Ma Tarkin? Or? Yeah, Grand Moff Tarkin, M-O-F. Moff, yeah. 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 Or Governor uh, Tarkin, yeah. Um, 
I, I, I've been going over and over this with anybody I can, uh, whose ear I can pull. He looked great. Mm-hmm. And in the crowd scenes that, that, that they have him standing in with other characters, he looks like he's a human being standing in the crowd. But they spent a lot of time patting themselves on the back uh, from a production standpoint. And on this two-story screen, it's just his face. And in those shots, it doesn't look quite right. Like, you can see things just don't move just exactly perfectly. It, it looks like uh, a PS4 uh, 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 game, game console stuff on the, when it's on the big screen. I think when it gets home to Blu-ray, it, you wouldn't notice. Um, mm. and, and when he's in the crowd scenes, it's like, yeah, it, 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 you you got to squint to see if there's anything that breaks the you know, breaks the illusion. But you know, just just the way his skin qu- doesn't quite move at his lips, just exactly the way a person's would when he's talking. It, it, it it's just the eyes just kind of say it's not quite right. That uh, yeah, it didn't bother me as much as it bothered you. Oh, I didn't. The voice mm. bothered me more than the face. Oh, the voice I thought was dead no, on. I no. thought they really nailed mm-hmm. him. It's but. a little off on the tone. But. Okay. I didn't put two and two together. I watched it, and I was kind of like, hmm, that's strange. That's interesting. And then um, I went and took a quick uh, bathroom break, and I texted my friend. And I was like, oh, did I text you, Richard? You texted me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's you, right? And I was like, hey, isn't that guy, yeah. did they CGI him, or what's the deal with that? Because I was like, he should be dead by now, right? Like, he was old in the original one. And yeah. I was like, he's, there's no way he's still alive, right? I, I had to question it. I thought it was pretty good i mean all things considered you know i thought man i mean it fooled me i'll just say that like i said i, I mean i did a good job on Tarkin. i mean you have to you have to have some level of suspension of belief yeah. yeah you know yeah so to that point i was like i thought about it and i was like wait a minute let me ask let me ask richard because he would yeah. know <laughs> yeah it, but for me it would have been a quick and easy fix because the only reason it doesn't look perfect is because the camera is just him on a straight head shot huge on the big screen and the camera doesn't move if there's any motion to it the little details that just break it would disappear and you you wouldn't have time to uh, your brain wouldn't have time to say that's not real in, in, in that moment when you're staring at that huge image on the screen again when it's in the background shots you can't. There's so much going on. You'd have to get out the, uh, you know, the magnifying glass, lean forward in the seat, and try to pause it to actually figure out what's you know, that's not quite you know, where it belongs. But uh, no, it, it, it was fun, and that's a character that I've always loved uh, from the storylines. And um, I was really glad to see that uh, the producers also enjoyed that character enough to really bring it forward and really do a lot with it. Um, what I didn't think they did a great job with, from a story point of view, was Darth Vader. The helmet bothered me. But <laughs> the helmet was off. The neck of the helmet was off. And yes, that bothered me. I'm, I'm obsessive enough that that bothered me. Well, from the story point of view, what, what, what bothered me about the Darth Vader stuff is, as I'm watching it, it's like, everything that Darth Vader's in, if they would have cut it out, the story wouldn't have changed at all. The movie could have just moved exactly the way it was. It may not have been as fun. But you wouldn't have noticed that he wasn't in it, other than the little bit of complaining after the movies. I was like, "Oh, they didn't have Darth Vader." Um, yeah. But uh, you know, it, it felt like it was a last-minute, eleventh-hour addition to the sh- uh, to, to the film, where it's like, "Okay, we're gonna get him in a scene with the with that one actor in a blue in a blue screen room, and then we'll do a couple of lightsaber moves and put some people in some of the uh, the rebel costumes, and just tweak the ending a little bit." Like, it's there, but if they hadn't had it, I don't think anyone would have noticed they hadn't had it. Because the rest of the movie was just moving so quickly, and um, he doesn't do anything other than show up. 
There's one point. Who complained about seeing him in in the the fluid suspension thing? She didn't like that. Oh yeah, the back she, of the tank. Thing. Yeah, she yeah. said, uh, "I don't like that. I don't like seeing Darth Vader vulnerable. He's not supposed wow. to be vulnerable." Oh, it's interesting. And then I can kind of see that point. The thing that I thought was interesting is, you know, at the end with his saber technique, he's moving a lot faster than he was in The New Hope when he was fighting. Right. Was only like a week later. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, what, well, did he like suddenly age in a week? That, he, <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me. Cause the, well, yeah. I mean, if you go back and you watch New Hope and you watch the scene with him and Obi-Wan, I mean, it, we all know what it is. It's like it's a lot different filming technique and it's a lot better. You know, we've advanced in our uh in our stunt uh, sequences and stuff, you know, in 20 years or 20 plus years. So, you know, they barely look like they were actually even fighting in New Hope. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas this, he was just, he was brutal. Right. Yeah. He was just, he was just, he was like Jason from Friday the 13th just slashing people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's interesting you said it because my son said the same thing. He says, I didn't like seeing him uh, in a vulnerable state. It's exactly what he said too. And um, there was another point he made that, when he made his little side joke about, you know, don't choke on your ambition. I um, I yeah, but it seemed out of place uh, for yeah, Darth Vader. Not the, the, the Darth Vader he we saw from the... Yeah, other. he doesn't make jokes. But, well, you know, I don't know. Me. I don't think he was making a joke. I think he was being dead-ass serious. I think he, you know, was saying, mm, I'm going to get you later. Because, you know, when we get to, like, Empire, he just lost... He, he got to the point where he gave, gave zero craps. And mm. if you got on his nerves, bye. Yeah, it was like the evolution of the character where he's, you know, he's getting closer and closer and closer to his um, desperateness of anger. Well, that's true. Like he he forced choke like six people in, in Empire Strikes Back, I think. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we watched that last night as well. Yep. Uh, we couldn't we couldn't stay up for one more, but um, <laughs> we did watch uh, New Hope and Empire so Strikes think, Back. But you know, as far as like the evolution of the character, we're seeing. You know, and the, and then Empire Strikes Back. He didn't have Tarkin to pull him back either. Um, so he was, you know, he had zero craps to give in Empire, and he didn't have anyone holding his leash, as Leia would put it. Right, right, right. Um, but in in Rogue, you know, he he lets go of him. He says, "Okay, I'm just gonna let you go this time." It's just a little bit of a warning. Don't right. check your ambition, because next time I might get you. So I feel like that's an evolution of character that makes sense. Um, the only like the only inconsistency for me was the saber. It just you know, mm. <laughs> it's like okay, you can't have him two weeks later or a week later or however many few days later all of a sudden be slow and ancient with his saber. Because if we you know if we take his saber techniques in Rogue One and, and compare what he could have done in a New Hope, he could have had Obi Wan down in two seconds flat. Right, right, right. That's exactly yeah. And I'm kind of torn because I actually liked the way the movie ended with him coming through like that. I was just, it was just like bam, 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 bam. I was like, wow. I mean, that it was so exciting the way the movie ended. Oh, it's superior, um, absolutely, right. A lot of fun. But I I do get your point that it's like where how did Darth go from here to here? Again, we know what happened. You know, it's just it's a different movie from 20 years earlier. But um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying there. But I had always convinced myself, especially watching like Rebels, the cartoon. And seeing Darth Vader and that with his saber techniques, I had always convinced myself that he and Obi Wan just got old, and that's mm-hmm. why they were fighting so slow. That, that just time had taken its toll, and that's why they were so slow in A New Hope. But then seeing him in Rogue One be that badass with it, now I'm like, well, what the hell happened? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I don't know how you explain it though, because I mean, the real explanation is just we have better 
you know, stunt techniques now and then we did 20 years ago, but you can't, you can't explain it that way because then the storyline's messed up. Well, I mean, either that or you uh, say, okay, we're going to make a new edition of A New Hope and CGI even more. And sure, why not? not? Let's not give anybody any incentives there. Yeah. Uh, let's just enjoy the old 1977 flick and yeah, let, let Darth Vader stand there very ominous and wiggle a star- lightsaber at somebody. He didn't wiggle, though. It was like... It, it, it just kind of went left and right, left and right, and do, 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 and that was about it. <laughs> <laughs> didn't move a whole lot. There it was, was no salt shaker. Yeah. Huh? There was no wiggling. Okay. <laughs> it's different. The direct. I mean, the, the direction that the a- actors were given in A New Hope was to move the lightsabers like they were Excalibur. Yeah. 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 The other direction was please don't hit them against each other because they will shatter and we'll yeah. have glass all over the set. Yeah. That's another thing that you get to uh, play with a lot more with CGI now. Right. Um, or even just the uh, the stunt uh, plastic sabers you can rotoscope in now. Um, yeah, back then it was just this uh, mirror with a, that spun around. And yeah, if you touched them too hard to each other, you'd have to stop production and spend a day trying to build another one. And that's, uh, that's no fun when you have no budget. Yeah. You know? Now there's no problem. No kidding. Budget. They'll give them as much money as they want because yeah. they'll know they'll make a half. $155 million for the weekend or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Jeez, that's amazing. Yeah, again, you know, it's, it's things that you don't think about just because, you know, you just want to watch a movie and enjoy it. But let me ask you this. Um, with this storyline, it seemed to me, and maybe I'm, you know, this is just me, but the lines between good guys and bad guys is not as clear as you know as it is in the in the new hope and empire strikes back and you know etc etc yeah what makes you different from a stormtrooper just selling orders i like that you can mm-hmm. see i think it showed a little bit of the desperateness on part of the rebels at this point they were so desperate for any advantage they could get that they had to be sort of ruthless right um, i mean when when he meets um how do you say his name kazian is that the is that the character's name kazian when he meets the guy in the in the alleyway just and he's trying to get the information, just he's like he knows if he he can't leave him there, he's going to get caught and he's going to get you know busted, and he can't climb out with him. He just kills him right there, just shoots mm-hmm. him. Like I didn't, I was like, what 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 just happened? Like he's the good guy, you know. You're not supposed to just shoot people like that for no reason. Yeah, it, I think it sort of shows the guerrilla warfare that they were engaged in, which is interesting mm-hmm. to see. And, and right. they brought it back home when Jin asked him, well, what's the difference between you and a stormtrooper with following orders? And I think he realized then that, you know, he's got to be better. You have to be better. You have to be more noble in your cause, which is, again, we're going to bring it back to the cartoons, a theme that they are exploring <laughs> in the Rebels <laughs> cartoon. <laughs> well, it, it, if you've been paying any attention to what Disney's been doing with the Marvel Universe, you know, they've got the movies, they've got TV shows, they've got all the Netflix shows. Um, they've been doing a great 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 job of integrating all that stuff um you know you, you, you'll have uh, these two very uh, different teams uh, kind of pulling a lot together to kind of build each other up both on a, a weekly serial basis and also on a, a you know big screen epic blockbuster basis too and uh, really lending each other to that and i think um, bringing that storytelling to star wars really really add something to, uh, to 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 a story that uh, you know millions of people have been uh, been paying attention to and listening to for decades and i think it's really going to add to that uh, um, in a long-term effect with uh, with a lot of bon- uh, benefits there and i'm really hoping to see uh, if they continue that with uh, you know, the, the, those kind of themes with the next um, uh, storyline movies they have or, or as well as the saga movies they have 
Um, if, they, if they can keep that momentum up, I think they're going to uh, be really, really moving the franchise forward in ways that, uh, you know, again, with uh, when the prequels came out, everyone was excited about, but, uh, you know, after those movies are done, we're like, okay, I guess we'll wait another 20 years to see if anyone does anything else with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, th- I think if uh, they can keep this path up, I don't think they'll be able to afford to do anything close to that ever again. This is going to be an evergreen product where they just keep making over and over again, and not to the point where it burns out, but keeps everybody engaged and keeps coming back and just uh, really tra- uh, transcending the different generations at that point. They're spending a lot of money on this. They spent a lot of money in buying the on buying the franchise. They're spending a lot of money on the parks. They're going to get their dollars out of this story. <laughs> Gee darn it! Yeah, I mean, again, if you look at the amount of I don't know if you want to say care. That's the only way I can say it, the amount of care they took with this movie. I mean, it, it really, I mean, of course, it's an interesting story. Um, you know, it's a story of the rebels and, you know, they're, you're getting to see behind the scenes of what you didn't know about with New Hope, I guess is the way I would look at it. Um, you know, by the time you watch New Hope, we already know who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. Um, but with this, it was kind of like, okay, even when they were, you know, deciding what they were going to do. Not everyone wanted to be a rebel anymore. Not everyone wanted to fight against the Empire anymore. A lot of uh, the uh, discussions in the bunker and stuff, they were like, well, we're not going to do this. We don't want to go with you. And tell me if I'm wrong about this, but there would be no rebellion anymore if not for this little band of people that decided uh, to do this. Because at that point, everyone had basically given up. They're like, okay, well, they've got this Star Destroyer. We can't beat it. Let's. We might as well just uh, live under the rule of the Empire. Yeah, no, I, I think that's uh, pretty much exactly the whole uh, where they're going with that. Um, you, you have to rebel within the rebellion to keep it alive. Yeah, there you go. So uh, we kind of touched on a couple of the you know esocentric areas, you know, the theme, the CGI, et cetera, et cetera. So let's kind of go back to the beginning of the movie. Kind of let's just walk through the storyline itself. Um, so the beginning of the story, like I said originally, at the uh, as I said earlier, excuse me. Uh, very dark, you know, dark, rainy, you know, et cetera, et cetera. That's where we get to meet um, Jen uh, Urso. Is that how you say that? I think so. Um, Jen Urso, she's basically the main character of this movie. She's probably, what would you guys say, like six years old at that point? Yeah, about. Um, and, you know, we don't know who she is. We just see uh, this little girl with her dad and mom. And uh, come to find out, the dad is, who is the dad? Uh, Galen. Galen or so. There you go. Yep. Okay, villain from Doctor Strange. Ah, uh, that's what uh, I was thinking. Who? Like, who is that? Oh yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, Mads Mikkelsen. Okay, cool. The villain from Doctor Strange. So immediately I looked at Richard and went, Doctor Strange, and he went, No, I went, Yes, yeah, that, that is the villain from Doctor Strange. <laughs> Trust me, I know. <laughs> it sounds like every conversation I have with my wife. Like she's like, That's so and so. That's. We were watching some movie, and she's like, that's Anthony Kiedis. I was like, there's no way that's Anthony Kiedis. He wouldn't have cut his hair like that. Sure enough, watch the credits, Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and she knows all the actors and who they are, et cetera, et cetera. So, so come to find out, you know, he was, what, like a scientist or a, a design engineer or something for uh, the Imperial Force before and had a falling out, or what happened? So, I, it, apparently, and I haven't, I haven't picked this up, so shame on me, mm. uh, they, they have done like a little book that kind of explains some of the uh, intro into this, um, and what I picked up from reading just a little bit about, about the book after, after watching it, um, uh, Galen had actually been a, uh, a scientist who had worked for the Old Republic, 
and uh, um, Krennic was kind of this. Um, he, he was like a, a supervisor. He he was a, a you know a superintendent of different kinds of big projects, and he had mm-hmm. been um, sitting and riding on the coattails of all the successes that Galen had, and so oh, okay. the Empire is starting to build the Death Star. Um, that's when uh, Krennic's like, I know someone who can help out with this because he had already done some work for us before that we we're going to use for this project. And that's why ah. he shows up there saying, okay, I need you back. Uh, but now Galen's like, yeah, but you're the Empire now. I was serving right. the Republic, and I don't believe in what the Empire is doing. And that's when everything falls apart. Right, right, right. So, you know, so she runs away, goes to the hiding place where she's supposed to hide, and um, we don't know what happens with uh, Galen, but we do see what happens with his wife. And then, so he's searching for the girl. Yeah, on, but on the, the topic of the mother, I was having a conversation with a coworker of mine, and she was like, you know, that was the worst part of the movie. I didn't mm-hmm. understand how she could be such a terrible mother. She knows these people are here. She knows they're dangerous. And she decides she's going to cast her six-year-old daughter off to goodness knows where and try to uh, try to make this uh, you know very very noble but ultimately stupid ass decision <laughs> um, and, and sacrifice her life meaninglessly. Yeah, um, she could have been hiding in that in that cave with with Jin and it and it all been fine. It goes back to my we don't understand why she's dying line. That drives me nuts as a mom. It's like no, you stick with your kids. Any mom is going to fight for her babies. Like especially you get the impression that they had come up with this plan. Right, because she knew where to go, right? And so, yeah, so obviously the plan then, I guess, was you run away and I'm going to go back. Because she knows they're going to take her husband. And that's and, and at that moment, and it, from, from my interpretation of the scene... She but they were going to take her with her. Yeah, she was just being stupid. I'm sorry. I, I love you, Richard. But if the choice came between sticking with my babies and sticking with your grown ass, I'm picking with my babies. <laughs> I love you, but I got to take care of my babies. You know. Yeah, I mean, there was room in the hole for both of them, right? <laughs> exactly. But that's when, um, after all that goes down, that's when we get to see who is Saul Guerrero. Who, um, I, I was expecting a lot more from Forrest Whitaker. I don't know that I would say I was disappointed, but I thought he'd be in it more. I thought he'd be a better character. I didn't really, I didn't feel one way or other for him. You know what I mean? I didn't really care what happened to him one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't sure if they were trying to make him uh, more of a comic relief character. Um, They played him so oddball. Um, And, you know, I'm sure there's, you know, really good story reasons behind all that. And, you know, you kind of get an impression of that later in the movie, why he's kind of along those lines. Um, You know, but uh, at the same time, I agree. It was like that was not the character that that really uh, drove me home. Um, I I really thought. Well, not just that, but when I I was just going to say, when I saw the trailers and I saw Forrest Whitaker was going to be in this movie, I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be great. You know, and it was just like, oh, okay, I guess. Like, you don't even really get to know who he is or, you know, he's you see him for that five minutes. And then he's got, you know, ten minutes later in the movie when he's older. And then that's pretty much it. Yeah. You know, so I didn't I didn't get a chance to really, like, are we going to see a background story later about who Saw Guerrera is? Well, tune in to Rebels uh, next I don't, I don't week know. on it's Disney XD. <laughs> is it really? Is that what it's going to be? Yeah. 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 They're, yeah they're, everything that happened in Rebels is happening, like, Three years before Rogue One, 
right now, gotcha. two years before Rogue One. So you're going to see ah. Saw Gerrera two or three years before everything that happens in the later parts of Rogue One. Not that entry scene where he's meets, where he's uh, getting Jin the child, but when Jin finds him later. Um, but I mean, the, the character, mm-hmm. I, I think almost everyone who saw that character was looking to Force Whitaker to be the new Obi-Wan, ah. the new... He's going to be able to provide a lot of the wisdom and a lot of the ideas and a lot of the inspiration. And that's not what he was. Not even close. He's he, he's, he's a guerrilla warfare general, basically. Not even that. He he's he's cracked. He his his mind's gone. And the the character. Yeah, he's like kind of apocalypse now style. You know. Yes. Yeah. And he's lumbering around in his costume, like he's he's trying to portray this bulk of that uh, that that Darth Vader breath mask uh, homage and. You know, try, trying to show that he's a very broken person because of his fight against the Empire. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that translates well in the actual dialogue. I think the character himself gets lost in the character, if that makes any sense yeah. at all. Yeah. We'll see what, I mean, mm. see what happens in, in, the, the, um, in, in the cartoon on Rebels. Yeah. I mean, the, the background of Saw Gerrera is that he was actually trained to rebel against... Um, the, uh, the separatists, the separatists. Uh, during the Clone Wars, and he was trained by, by Anakin, his uh, his apprentice Ahsoka Tano, and Re- Captain Rex, his uh, stormtrooper uh, yeah. captain. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So at that point, she's down in the hole, and uh, Saw Guerrero comes and finds her. Um, and then I thought that, you know, he took him uh, took her with him, which I guess he did for a very short term, but then. We find out later he actually didn't. Well, he takes her for until she's about sixteen. So I would imagine about oh 10 sixteen. Years. Okay. Yeah. I think I missed that. I thought she said six. No, no. She said you left me when I was sixteen. He's like, I left you with a gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, what more do you need? <laughs> Which yeah, I, that was a great exchange. I mean, realistically, I think that was a very human interaction between these two very, very strange characters. Um, I think that 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 little bit worked and added. Yeah, it just shows the mentality difference to him. Mm-hmm. He left her for her own safety, and she was going to be fine. To her, she felt abandoned, which would make sense considering what happened to her parents yep. and the fact that her mother did basically abandon her, the idiot that she was. And she didn't know what happened to her father, and assumed she, he had abandoned her too. Right. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. kind of makes sense for her attitude. She just felt abandoned by everybody, um, and come to find out. Her dad and Saw didn't abandon her from their perspectives. Her mom was crazy, but her, <laughs> the dad and, and Saw, they, they did what they thought was going to be the best thing for her. So they, uh, so, so moving forward into the timeline, uh, what was the next scene that happened? I remember a few things, but I don't want to misquote. That's when we go to that, was it Jeddah that he was on? I don't remember the name of the planet. So the, there was the prison planet where... Um, yeah, where we meet her again at 18 or however mm-hmm. old she is. Right. But that's where we get to meet the uh, K2SO character. <laughs> that was basically the all of the comic relief in this movie. I mean, there was a couple of witty lines here and there, but, you know, every Star Wars movie has to have a witty robot. Um, in and it. I'll take so, it. I think he was the yeah. most witty of all the robots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was... He was solid. He was nice and snarky. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um. Right. <laughs> there, um, if you played any of the video games, there's a character in uh, the, in, in one of the older video games uh, uh, called HK47, which is this robot assassin. And he, I, I really think whoever was kind of 
looking into creating the, uh, the KSO4 character really uh, uh, went to that, uh, that, that uh, design and really brought that out. Someone who, you know, he's there to, to, to make sure people die and things get blown up and do it as efficiently and effectively as possible and politely at the same time. Um, and, <laughs> and, and, and that all rolled in really well with that. But um, the, uh, the, the actor who plays uh, the voice for, uh, for, for uh, K, KSO4 um, is Alan Tudyk, uh, who has right. been in so many Disney things. I'm oh, wondering. yes, okay. Yeah, he, he actually played the voice of the chicken, Hey Hey, in Moana. Uh, uh, there you go, Eli. There's your, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's your favorite right there. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, uh, he was King Candy in Wreck-It Ralph. Yep, he was okay. uh, the weasel in uh, Zootopia and um, the, uh, the, the, the the Duke from Wesselton in Frozen. Um, he's Weasel-tap. either the new... Yeah, he's either their new, their new uh, good luck charm, or he knows where the bodies are buried. I'm not sure which. But either way, I'll take it. They're getting their money out of that contract. It's like Matt Mickelson. They're getting their money out of him. Gee darn it. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he did a good job, obviously, um, oh, with the character, and you know, it was it was a fun character, and uh, you know, provided the comic relief that was needed. But so they both the robot. And Cassian grab her up, basically, yep. and take her to the <laughs> rebel base. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Okay, so now we're at the point where things kind of get moving a little bit. Because the first, what would you say, the first 30, maybe 40 minutes are just kind of like, here's this character. Let me tell you why they're important to the story. Here's this character. Let me tell you why they're important to the story, so on and so forth. So this is where things start to get jumping a little bit. I think it was interesting to see kind of the like uh, the backstabbing uh, and the politics within the um, the the uh, the Imperial force as well. Which makes sense. Again, we go back to the dark side is all about power. So mm-hmm. and yeah, but I mean they don't understand that uh, you know they're never going to be as powerful as Darth Vader, I guess. <laughs> no, <that's true>. <laughs> Which, no. like you mentioned, he but he wouldn't have been that powerful if, if uh, uh, Tarkin hadn't got blown up on the original Death Star. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. But it's not about having all the power; it's just about acquiring more. And uh, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't stop acquiring power, you will cease to be important because everyone else will keep acquiring power around you. Um, so you know that that, that whole uh, you know expand or die concept. Uh, and the Empire is built on that, uh, it, it, and that was uh, something that the Emperor probably was trying to uh, t- trying to uh, uh, you know, uh, nurture. Because if everybody's fighting against themselves, they're not worried about trying to throw uh, throw him over. So, so this is where we meet up with Donnie. Oh, Donnie. Donnie Yen is the actor, but the uh, I can't even say his name. Can you? Can you? Can you actually pronounce his name? Nope. <laughs> Anyway, the, the last name is like I'm way, I'm way. I all, all I remember is that I love the character and the line where they uh, mm-hmm. where they're taking him out of there. Are you kidding me? I'm blind. Is they're throwing yeah, the mask over his head? So yeah, they're putting the black bag over uh, his that, head. That, that was probably the droid please moment in this movie. <laughs> there were people in our theater oh, yeah. who laugh at that, and I'm, I'm I'm curious as to why they didn't laugh because I like to watch people's reactions to stuff. There were people who didn't like laugh at that, and I thought it was hysterical. Yeah, I thought it was uh, great. I mean, it, again, he is uh, one of those characters you really like a lot. We run into him and his uh, his whole band of, you know, ragtag, um, you know, whatever you want to call it. And he's got his guy behind him who is Baze Malbus. Yeah, he's got the big guns, and yeah, he's a badass with those. 
Right. So the, the, they were calling them the uh, the guardian of the wills, yes. um, and uh, this this is another fan throwback. Uh, uh, when George Lucas was writing the original stories, for, it, you can actually, uh, he donated the scripts, his original draft scripts for Star Wars uh, to, uh, to, to his college, and you can, you can find them online. And uh, I, I ridiculously spent some time when I was in college reading these stupid things. And uh, you can see where he's evolving the story, and at one point early on in the story, um, the Jedi's story was told by these, this, uh, the, the Wills and the, the W H I L S, and um, they were these uh, the, 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 kind of the overseers of the universe, um, you know, the observers and the, you know the guardians of the Force's knowledge. Where the Jedi were the practitioners of the Force's knowledge. And I'm, I'm, I'm mixing it a lot, but that's that's a general idea. So uh, in, in this story, the the producers have really pulled onto that, and you know they've got these. You know, lay people who are essentially like accolades to the Jedi. They, they you know, essentially the, uh, uh, the the lower clergy of, of of the order who they wouldn't have been purged because all the Jedi were killed, um, but they still would have been the people sticking around and doing housekeeping around the, around the temples. And Jedi, uh, that the, 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 where you're seeing there, that uh, that's the the fortress that is the guardian of these kyber crystals, the place where they would store and process all the crystals that would actually make the lightsabers for the Jedi. Um, they were the people who were responsible, essentially the custodians of, the, of this uh, big place and trying to keep it safe for them until the emperor empire comes in and says, nope, uh, public domain, that's us. Yeah, because Isaac is blind, but he can see through the forest, which is why he's such a good fighter, is he can actually sort of see um, some things through the forest, not everything. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that the same material they used to build the... Uh, lightsabers is the same material that's being built to power the Death Star. The so, lasers and the Death Star. Yeah. So the what the the, the way they uh, they set it up in the move in this new movie is that uh, yeah that is the source to power the reactors that are supposed to make the uh, make the big Death Star laser beam. Um, whereas in the lightsa lightsabers they use a tiny little crystal, and Jin actually has one on her yeah, necklace. She she's yeah. wearing a kyber crystal. Oh, okay, yeah, the necklace that her mom gave her. Yeah, that's a kyber crystal, and that's why um, I'm Wayer, and whatever his name is, the blind guy. Mm -hmm. I feel so yeah. politically incorrect saying the blind guy, but the blind guy, um, that's how he sees her, is he, he feels the kyber crystal. Oh, and yeah. And that's why he says, I'll give you, I'll whatever, I'll give you something for the necklace. He feels the, the kyber crystal, um, and that's how he sensed her presence around him, because he felt that. So yeah, it's the kyber crystals that are that power the weapon of the Death Star. Oh wow! Okay, that's very interesting. I didn't put two and two together there. I mean, they didn't say it in the movie, of course, so I wouldn't have known that. But but that's uh, that's an interesting uh, little sidebar if you didn't know that. So okay, yeah. So now. Uh, they're on this planet, and they're trying to get. So they they want to get with Saw Gerrera to find her dad, correct? Yep. So they think that Saw knows where the dad is, or do they think that he can just he can get to him? Well, at the very least, uh, he, he know they know that that's where the uh, the pilot was going. Mm -hmm. So that, since they know that's where the pilot was going, they they should be able to kind of, if I remember right, that's a, that's how they are are trying to meet up meet up over there, and they find them, one way or the other. Yeah, but unfortunately, at the same time, you've got this power struggle again behind scenes with the Empire, mm -hmm. where this particular person, you know, they had, don't have faith in this new weapon system, and uh, he's like, well, 
Let me show you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, and he uh, decides yeah. to test it out. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think that one was a, a little bit of a... Um, I, I think that was a risk on, on the movie's side because you, know, you come into Star Wars, A New Hope, and it's like, you know, now we'll trust the ultimate power of, the, uh, of this uh, of operational battle station and you, know, you fire when ready and all that. And you know, they do a great job of bringing all of that energy and the, of that firing system the sequence to, uh, you know, to, to this new movie. Um, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, but that was the whole point. I mean, that's the, the big wow moment in A New Hope. And, okay, you do the We've light one. We've never seen any, anything like this before, but yeah. turns out that they've used it twice. Yeah, but, uh, you know, e- even if it's just the targeting laser. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, 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 I, I, like I said, I think that was a risk, and I'm not sure how it played out. Because, yeah, you, you mm-hmm. see it fire two, two times, and it destroys these cities, and, you know, it's a big explosion, bigger than, you know, what you'd imagine a nuclear bomb would. But, I mean... In science fiction movie stuff, we've already seen planets blowing up, and we've seen galaxies, you know, set on fire or whatever. Um, you know, it's, I, I'm not sure it played as well as uh, as the risk it took. Um, I think mm-hmm. uh, you know, trying to get through and saying, okay, well, we're going to show that off, and all right, yeah, they blow up a city. We, the audience knows it can blow up a planet, and the characters like, okay, Patasar's on the back. I don't think that really did anything to, to move this. To and move the thing along. that confused me is they kept saying. Even after they did that first test on the, the city of Jeddah, mm-hmm. they were still saying um, we're not. It's not operational, or it's not fully operational, or we have to continue testing. It's like, well, you just tested it. I don't understand. What are you talking about? You just saw that it worked. Are they, you know, questioning whether it can blow up a whole planet still? Um, but you know, Tarkin invites Leia in and says, you know, we're going to let you see the test of this of this weapon. Well, they've already tested it, so I was that was an inconsistency that confused me there. They had already tested it twice. They blew up two cities before New Hope. Yeah, so if it, like if the test went bad, what would happen? Would the you know would it backfire on them? You know, and kill all the people that were on the Death Star? Yeah, and you know, I mean, or would it just go? Burr, 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 sorry, <laughs> yeah. Control all delete. Yeah, well, until somebody just kind of bangs their fist on the console <laughs> and it goes through. Fine, which would be very. Henry Winkler comes in. Um, yep. But um, but if you notice that first test, they're, they're not on the Death Star. They're on an observation ship watching all of that because you know, maybe they are afraid it's going to blow up. You don't really hear any but dialogue. But you're still within, that. like, explosion radius. Maybe. If something maybe. Like that, no, because... No. Because we <laughs> saw in Rebels when they blew up the transport ship that was shipping kyber crystals, like, it just it imploded. It, and it, it took out ships that were in its path. Mm-hmm. They were still close enough that if that, that Death Star had imploded... They're just going to take that ship out. Mm. They're stupid. See? Mm-mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is stuff that we talk about at home, you guys, and we really do get this passionate about it when we're arguing about it. <laughs> it's what good marriages are based on. <laughs> we fight over stupid stuff. It's better than fighting over the, the big stuff. That's okay. <laughs> the big stuff we seem to get along on really well. So, Jen and... Um, Jin and Kasarian and uh, the blind guy and and his sidekick and the robot. Who else escapes? Yeah. So our, so our uh, uh, cadre of rogues with the pilot. Uh, what's his mm-hmm. name? Boz or something like that? Oh, yeah. The, the actual pilot that, that was uh, defecting. Oh, no, Bodhi was the uh, the pilot. And then they all just like, okay, well, this is getting serious. <laughs> yeah, they go back to, to, to the rebels, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And get their marching orders. No, they go to find... Um, uh, Galen. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Because what's his name is going to kill Galen? Oh, that's right. Because he calls in. He's like, okay, we got it. Basically, basically, uh, 
uh, Cassian calls in to his uh, leader or his uh, his general. He's like, okay, well, change of plans. Uh, everybody died. Uh, <laughs> we're going to uh, go find uh, the, the – and he's like, yes, proceed with your plan. Go kill him, mm-hmm. basically. Right. Which, again, you know, it just kind of shows uh, that, you know, there's, there's a very uh, gray area. Uh, when it comes to the rebels, you know, uh, you know, it's not like because um, he's telling him behind that other uh, general's back or that other uh, whoever the um, right behind going behind her back and saying, look, no, we we want him dead. Just kill him, mm-hmm. basically. So, again, there's that, um, you know, there's a lot of that that intertwined into this movie where the rebels aren't as clean and, uh, you know, squeaky clean you know, quote unquote, good guys that uh, that you make them out to be in the in, in the in the movies, in um, New Hope and, and all that. Okay. So just uh, another you know another another uh, example of that. And so now they're gonna um, they're gonna go. Well, he's he's supposed to kill the dad, but they're supposed to go get him to to figure out the plans or whatever. Yeah, Jen thinks that they're gonna go collect um his uh, her dad. But right. Cassian has that alternate order to just take him out. Right. Which, you know, I know it's I know it's hindsight being 2020 and all that, but you know, he, just by killing him wouldn't have stopped anything. Right. It's it's too right. late at this point. The, the, I I'm not I, if I remember right, they weren't sure if everything was finished and that was one of the reasons they wanted Galen was to uh, the the empire well, he wanted said Galen he was to too da- you know, he was too useful for this project. Mm-hmm. But if they had kidnapped him and taken him away, it would have done the same thing. They wouldn't have been able to like that was just stupid. That would that was just to give a little bit more drama and tension in the story. Oh, but if, if you capture him, you might be able to interrogate him and find out a weakness of the battle station, not knowing that he has already built in built the weakness, in. Yeah, which didn't. is what we ultimately find in the se- yeah. in, in that scene. The rebels didn't know that Galen was playing the Empire, and right? He deliberately, which exp- he deliberately put this weakness in the Death Star, which explains uh-huh, why there is thirty years later. We finally know yeah. why there is this. Swap rat hole mm-hmm. that you just fire into and explode the whole thing because he deliberately put that weakness into it. So yeah, and unfortunately, he gone. Like every Disney princess, she loses all of her parents. <laughs> but, but spoiler alert: everybody dies in this movie. If you didn't see them in A New Hope, they did. This is. Yeah, there, there, there's no leftovers. I was uh, I was telling somebody the other day, it's like, uh, yeah, if you bought any action figure of this movie, just put them in the oven, melt that plastic down, because you're just going to need to make some new stuff next, uh, for yeah, the next they're movie. Gone. They're gone. Yeah. Uh, which is why when the movie ended, I went, this is the most depressing Star Wars movie ever, because they all die. Everybody right. dies. Or in, you know, in, in code switching in, in, in some language, everybody dies. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, on one hand... It's kind of like watching the Titanic, you know. When that movie, when that movie came out, I mean, you know what happens. Like basically, yeah, not everyone but dies off but, the Titanic. Nobody made it out of yeah. this battle. So, you know, you're you're if you know anything about Star Wars, then you kind of know at least that these people gave their lives to get these Death Star plans. And you know, I'm, I'm sure in your mind you're thinking, well, but maybe a couple made it out, you know, or maybe this person made it out or that person made it out, but. Yeah, no, nobody, <laughs> nobody makes it out, um, and which you know, I mean, that's if you think about like, if you're thinking, think about it logically, like, okay, you want to make this movie, and you go to Disney, and you're like, okay, look, this is gonna be our next Star Wars movie, and you know, basically, we're gonna kill everybody. I mean, <laughs> that's 
that's kind of risky for a Star Wars movie, but it's really risky for a Disney movie, right? Yeah, very true, very yeah. true. Um, but you know. at the same time, you can sell it a different way. I think this might have been how they did it. They said, we're making a show called Star Wars. Where is all the war? We haven't really shown much of that. We've shown little bits and pieces here and there, but we haven't made a movie about war. Yeah, this movie was right about yeah, this war. yeah every from the beginning to the end, it's about war um, in the stars. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, yeah, and I think and, I, and if that was a sell, I'm, I'm okay with that. It delivered. Um, it, it, it was a it was a fun popcorn watch. I can't remember the names of any of the characters, but boy, I want to see them all again. Yeah, Even I though we know they're all going to die. Look at the character list to remember everybody's names right now, but except for right. and Galen mm-hmm. and Saul. And that's about it. And the ones that right. I knew from before, like Mon Mappa, like I knew, I knew her from the other movie, so she makes sense. And she shows up in some of the the books that are no longer canon. Mon Mappa shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, you know, like I said, I think they took a risk with that, and it really paid off because. As good as Force Awakens was, I didn't. I only saw it one time, you know, and I was like, okay, cool. Home, but we only saw it once in the theater. And Richard and I are already trying to figure out who's going to go see the movie next without the baby. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're gonna have to do this in shifts. We're gonna do it in yeah. shifts, so if we, we can really sit through it. But well, we understand. may go. We may go see it again Tuesday. It's uh, it's we saw it here by the house at the theater, but they're showing it at the drive-in. Um, with Moana, with Moana. Oh well, there you go. So oh, it's kind of like, man, that's that's hard to pass up to go see those both those movies in one night. Yeah. Of course, it's like you know forty thirty degrees now in in Houston, so that makes it tough. Yeah, but um, <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the what is it over there? Are you guys uh, getting any snow? It was eight. Well, you the said other day. yeah, it was eight. Didn't you say with, you were shoveling snow? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We've got it's about twice now. twelve inches of snow total right now, which is not that for for us at this time of year. It's kind of average. So uh, anyway, yeah. So this is a movie that I would definitely like to see at the theater again. Um, you know, I thought it was well worth the price of admission. Um, you know, again, you know, you're talking about characters that we, that most people. I mean, like you said, you guys kind of knew who they were. You guys know a lot of the the backstories and stuff. But your average Joe doesn't know anything about these characters, other than you know, it's a Star Wars movie. And you don't. And I cared. Yeah, you don't yeah, and have I cared to a lot more. know who they are to enjoy the, this movie at all. It stands alone. Right. The, most yeah. of the, the cameos for the nerds, it's just, you know, it, it, it makes exactly you smile that. and go, yay. But, you know, you, the people who haven't seen it, they're just going to look at the person who, who, who shouted and said, I have no idea why you're excited right now because <laughs> nothing's happening. <laughs> um, and the, but moves, it moves on because there's so much more to do at that point. And I think right, the characters right, right. they did bring in except for Darth Vader, really serves some story purpose. Like, if they didn't have that character, they'd have to have somebody else do that role. Um, So so it was worth spending the time and effort to bring those characters in. Um, And even to to the extent that, uh, like, the uh, the actress who played the head of the Rebellion, um, she was someone who, she was actually an actress who had been cast in Revenge of the Sith to play that same same character, the younger version of the old lady we see talking about the Death Star and Return of the Jedi. Um, mm-hmm. so, so they went to the effort to try to, to try to keep that uh, consistent. And yeah, I my mom was a senator. I forget what planet she's from, but she was a senator mm-hmm. that um, was an ally to the Organas yep. in the Galactic Senate. So, backstory, not necessary to know that. And yeah, if you don't know that going in, it's okay. You're not going to miss anything in the movie. You're not going to get lost at all. That's perfect. 
Right, right, right. And that's that was my point, is that even without knowing who anybody was, I like this movie a lot better than Force Awakens. I did too. And you know, you know, and I liked it. Don't you know? I like Force Awakens, but plot holes for me to really enjoy it. Right. I ended up having you know, to read the book to really understand. And when I read the book, I went, "Oh, okay, makes sense." Yeah, I got it. But the story yeah. itself, there were a lot of plot holes that didn't make sense to me. Still yeah, a really it, to me, movie to see, but right, it was a fun movie to watch. But it was just like, okay, let's get everyone back on track. You know, we haven't released a Star Wars movie in X amount of years. We haven't released a good Star Wars movie in even longer. Uh, you know, let's just kind of get everyone back assimilated and kind of, you know, back on their feet, so to speak. And then we'll go from there. And then this was a good follow-up to that. You know, just the fact that it didn't, it wasn't the next story in line. You know, it was, you know, something that you were able to build up and say, oh, yeah, that happened right before this. And so you were interested in it. And then, you know, just even the way that it ended, and it ended exactly where Star Wars started. You know, yeah. he's going on the ship. That's where this one starts. Boom. You're good to go. And the thing you know. I thought was cool, and we're talking about the ending of the movie, and the thing that I thought was cool about the story is that we had this reoccurring word of hope. Mm -hmm. And Rogue One ended with, this is hope. Uh, and then we get into, you know, uh, into A New Hope, which is A New Hope. And we, we right. hear Leia, Leia say all the time, it, and we hear, we hear C-3PO say it, it's our only hope. Their only hope, right? So we, you know, it's sort of an interesting thing that these very specific plans and what happened in this battle is the only hope that the rebellion has to keep on. Yeah, but speaking of the ending, uh, we haven't really talked about getting to the island planet where they're doing essentially Mission Impossible and Star Wars, trying to. Dun, dun, to dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I heard that music in my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, and you know they're, they're they're doing the you know the the whole distraction thing where it's like oh they're, they're, there's rebels all over the place and you know just absolute chaos and bringing in the giant walker machines to to blow everything up and you know I, it, it was just it it was everything that if you're gonna make a fun Star Wars movie you kind of had to be, have all these elements in the space the, the spaceships flying over each other uh, the, the the big uh, you know the big uh, the big walking ATATs uh, you know shooting everything up and you know giant missile launchers uh, you know, backpack carrying missile launchers and you know and from a magic and level. you had the fight in the site and in, in the sky too yeah with them trying to you know to break down the shield barrier or whatever it was called mm -hmm. um, with just one side, one just small, small complaint. What's that? The little ship that just was acted like a tugboat and pushed the the big destroyer into the other destroyer. I mean, if that worked so good, why didn't they just have a whole fleet of those guys in uh in, in New Hope or in Empire Strikes Back? Well, they had to find you know. an ion cannon, ion cannon to disable that ship first. Yeah, the ion torpedoes. Yeah. Yeah. So an ion cannon. Okay, I get nerd talk. The ion cannon disables all the electronics on the first ship. So it has mm -hmm. no more thrusters, no more engines, no nothing. So the little uh -huh. ship is the, is the energy to push it around. The big ship is the mass, which if the big ship had its own, if it was still under power, it would have been able to stop it, no problem. Okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, it, it's, it, when you ram it, it's just a big old boulder that's just moving under its own, uh, under its own mass. And that's yeah, that's why, a big difference. Yeah, so yeah. That wouldn't have that's why I called it like a tugboat. Right. Okay. So the ion cannon had to disable all the electronic, whatever. Mm -hmm. But still, I mean, he just freaking like 
took out two star destroyers like like yep. like just crushing legos in your hands <laughs> <laughs> you know that was great man it, and then down they go Athena, but uh yeah. so yeah so you go back to the empire strikes back the ion cannon mm-hmm. is what disabled the star destroyers enough for people to get off um right off, off. Right, but uh, yeah, then you have the uh, the Winston Churchill admiral who's directing everything from his uh, from his little uh, aquarium under the spaceship. Um, but uh, yeah, and all the explosions. It's a trap. Yeah. Uh, if he would just if he just would have said it's a trap, that would have just ended it. Like that would have been the best. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. But, but that wasn't that, that was like Akbar's. Yeah. You know, I know, but still, yeah. it was because yeah. But it was the same uh, species. Yeah, that species is supposed to be have a superior army and superior tactical ability. Just the, yeah, they're yeah. supposed to be these great shipbuilders. That's why yeah. they have uh, the, the the Rebel Alliance has some of these really mm. nice ships, uh, big 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 ships because they've been made by this uh, by this race that have been oppressed by the Empire. Yeah, this species actually built the B wing. Again, going okay. to nerd. Mm-hmm. Nerd stuff that people don't know. They bring all the fun toys. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. But yeah. Yeah, so you're right. I mean, it had like it had the 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 scenes in the in space where they're fighting. They had scenes on the beach where they're fighting. They've got the rebels. They're just about to get defeated, but then in the last second, you know the um, you know the other ships are able to break the sh- to get in under the shield and help them out and all that stuff. So yeah, it was cool. That's a pew pew. Yeah, pew pew pew. As our daughter would call it when she was three, we were watching A New Hope. Pew pew. Yeah, we raised her right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was nonstop. It was. I mean, it was probably a good half hour of just absolute uh, science fiction carnage. And as I'm walking out of that, um, I, I I I started thinking, you know, this is what would happen if. Um, uh, 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 Magic Arway's own Chief Woo Woo had made a Star Wars movie, and it was <laughs> glorious. <laughs> so thank Just, you, Fish on Woo. <laughs> well, he could. Hey, he could be one of those captains if he's a fish, right? There you go. <laughs> on the on that ship. <laughs> so do, does that mean he's now Admiral Fish on Woo? Admiral Fish on Woo. It's a crap. <laughs> So, yeah, so now, of course, they're down there battling it out. But the whole reason that they're there is just to get the transmission to um, up to, uh, yeah, up to the the ship or to anyone that will be able to intercept it. They know that the weakness exists. They know what it is. They just need to know how to get to it. They need the, the, the physical plans to get to it, which was interesting. Why didn't... Uh, I mean, I guess realistically, if it was any other movie, he probably would have had it, you know, in a satchel somewhere, you know, buried. And that's all we had to do is go find it, you know, in a cave, you know, somewhere. But no, he had them. Oh, and it was kind of cool, like, uh, that he named it uh, Sandstar? I know, I know that's not Stardust. right. What did he name the Stardust, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was kind of cool, you know, just to tie it all in together. She's like, oh, that's it. Of yep. course, that's it. That's what he calls me. So that was that was kind of sweet. Um, but yeah, so then that's it. <laughs> they all die. <laughs> well, and, and just before they all die, you have the, the guy who is responsible for, you know, basically the, uh, the, 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 uh, head contractor of the Death Star is up right. on top of the giant spire and he's looking at the Death Star, looking down on him and you see that little gleam of green light in his eyes as it's about to fire and, and, and it just takes off the top of the tower. It misses the island entirely. Um, mm-hmm. 
So, uh, so, so you get that poetic uh, movie justice right there. Right. For the foreshadowing, uh, so to speak, early in the movie where he's, you know, you know he's going to have to die one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And, um, and sure enough, he gets it by his own weapon, which is, you know, just typical uh, movie irony, I guess. But still cool either way. And then, of course, you get the amazing Darth Vader end sequence, which is the payoff of having him in that movie. Right. Yeah, so that really, I mean, if you're going to end a movie, that was a good way to end it. And, I mean, of course, you've got, you know, everyone dies on the planet, and that's very sad. And then, um, but here he comes, man, and just, he's just, I said it again, man, he's just brutal in that end scene. Mm -hmm. And just slashing and and just destroying everything in his path, you know, to get the plans for that Death Star. And I think that ultimately is the, the Darth Vader scene that we've been wanting to see for probably the last 30 years. I mean, the whole Darth yeah. Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi fighting over the lava, yeah, okay, that's fun, it's poetic, and it's, uh, you know, it, it's an epic if you can get over the whole prequel problem. Um, right. But, uh, you know, and, and the Death Star, I'm sorry, the uh, the Empire Strikes Back scene where it's, you know, that, that quiet in the open space and the, the wind blowing his cape while he's, face, uh, while he's dueling Luke Skywalker, that's great. But you don't really see him kicking ass. You see him holding against, his own against his opponent at the, in, in both of those duels. Where this is just, it's slaughter, it's mayhem, and uh, yeah, like I said, he's just force throwing people across uh, across the room. And then you go into New Hope, and he's just chill. Yep, yep. So, cool. Um, so, what do you guys uh, feel about the next few movies that are going to come out? Well, why don't you remind me of the next few movies? Because I'm only really, really aware of the uh, the Han Solo one they've talked about. Right. I think that's the next thing that I think that's in production right now, right? Well, I so they've got episode uh, what is it? Uh, eight is going to be is going to be coming out next Christmas, I think next Christmas. So the follow on to the Force Awakens. Uh, so we're going to go back to Ray's story and, uh, and okay. yeah, her hanging out with Luke Skywalker. And then yeah, there's a there's a um, uh, yeah a Han Solo movie where they've already cast a young um, uh, Lando Calrissian. Uh, which, if you're a Disney fan, if you were watching right. uh, Gallivant, uh, it was the uh, the the, um, the the singing uh, squire from Gallivant, if I remember right. He's going to be the new uh, new Lando Calrissian. Um, but yeah, I did. Is are they doing an Obi Wan Kenobi movie, a, a younger Obi Wan movie, with, uh, with with Ewan McGregor? I know they've been kind of hinting about that, and Ewan McGregor's kind of dropped some hints about it, but I haven't heard if there's anything official yet. Yeah, so you've got uh, episode eight, uh, which is going to also star Benicio del Toro in it, which that, that should be interesting. Um, so basically, this is a, like you said, a continuation of uh, of Force Awakens. Then we're going to get the uh, the Han Solo uh, prequel, and so it sounds like they're going to do this. Okay, future, past, future, past. Um, that seems to be the pattern. Mm-hmm. And then um, last is going to be episode nine. Huh? Which really, there's nothing information about it at all. We know that it says the director and the writer are listed. It doesn't have who's starring in it yet. It doesn't even have a storyline in it yet. It just says we want to channel the invention that we want to channel the invention and just the raw creativity and boldness that George Lucas brought to these films. Not being afraid, we're going to embarrass ourselves by doing something that might be crazy. 
That's when embraced the kind of invention and creativity he brought to it. And that's it. So no storyline or anything like that for whatever episode nine is going to be. Now, which so, movie is going to uh, be directed by Colin Trevorrow? Director, that's it. That's episode nine. So Directed uh, Colin Trevorrow, written by Rian Johnson. So if you don't remember uh, uh, Colin Trevorrow, he was the uh, director for the new Jurassic World movie that came out. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, so, and, and I, I remember when they had uh, he had just gotten off of that, and he was talking about, well, maybe I'll help with the next Jurassic World movie that they know what they're going to do. And then it turned out, no, he just got offered a Star Wars movie. So uh, we'll see, uh, you know, some some really great action sequences and some really great comedic timing, and uh, maybe this time we won't have the heroine uh, running around in high heels. Yeah. <laughs> as many times as I've watched that movie, I cannot get over that. Uh, to be honest with you, it's it's just craziness. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, they kind of did the same thing there. I mean, uh, Jurassic World is the uh, the Force Awakens of that of that series. You know, they just kind of like took the original, redid it a little bit, mm-hmm. same storyline. The the machines go offline. You know, blah blah blah. They got the Raptors in it, and you know. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So that was almost the same, uh, the same formula they used for Force Awakens, where they just kind of brought it all back to the original, reintroduce everybody, kind of reacclimate everyone to the series, and then let's build on it from there. Yeah. So. And I think in both cases they did they succeeded. They brought in a fun movie that people could yeah people could really enjoy with a modern audience uh, that wasn't too slavish to the old stuff to say well it's going to feel like it came out of the '90s or the '70s or what have you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think they're delivering well on these reboots and uh, reimaginings. Uh, when they hit it, they nail it, knock it out of the park. Um, but yeah, so. Um, where was there anything else with uh, Rogue One that uh, we wanted to uh, wanted to, to, to rake over the coals and, and tear apart? Um, I don't have anything uh, written down. I don't know if you had any points that we missed. Um, I think the the biggest takeaways. Uh, uh, Rochelle had to step away and uh, and take care of baby. But uh, I remember uh, one of the things we had talked about was her, her biggest. Um, I, I don't want to say disappointment, but well, maybe disappointment is the right word. No crawl at the beginning of the movie. Uh, no, no, uh, no yes. And watch the words go mm-hmm. up like you've seen for you know seven movies and all these right. different, uh, little iterations. Um, that's uh, and that was kind no, of that's staple. very true. Um, yeah, my son said the same thing. It's like they're just going right into the movie. It was just boom, let's go. Here's the movie. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. And the movie told well that way. There's no no doubt there. Um, but uh, yeah, it was one of the things. We're like, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of tradition. And uh, if they're gonna break with that tradition, let's see what other traditions they break. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of shaky cam, I noticed. I don't. I did, you know, it, almost every shot was like a handheld. Um, right, right, right. But you know that plays into what you said before, where that this is not a uh, a science fiction movie as much as it's a war movie, and right. you know that really plays into that. You know, right there, putting you in the battle scenes, mm-hmm. putting you in the middle of it, making you feel like you're you know under attack, you know that kind of thing. So I mean, it makes sense uh, why they filmed it that way. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I think this is one of those movies where I'm going to really enjoy going through and see if they actually have them this time, uh, going through like the director's commentary and that sort of thing. Because I, I mm. remember they had said they had um, they had to go ahead and reshoot a lot of the movie. And I'm wondering if it's because really? they looked at it and said, we can't do this on tripods. We need to hold the camera, really get in tight and you know, move it around mm. in tight sets. Um, 
or if that's nothing, it has nothing to do with any of it, and they just, uh, you know, said, "Hey, we've got money, let's burn it." <laughs> maybe so, maybe so. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, guys. Thank Rochelle for us. I know she had to step away and take care of the baby, so appreciate that. And um, uh, we will uh, see you guys next week on the Magic Our Way podcast. All right. Take care, man. All right, guys, Kevin here once again uh, to end the show. And uh, I just want to first and foremost uh, extend a very heartfelt thank you on behalf of Danny and Eli and myself to the Herchers, Richard and Rachel. Thank you for correcting us on that pronunciation, man. We definitely appreciate it. And Lee for organizing this and getting this kind of together somewhat last minute, I should say. Just a lot of things happened on, on the rest of the weekend end. Uh, Danny had a medical condition, which uh, uh, that propped up uh, all of a sudden that Lee kind of talked about. Eli had stuff to do. I had a nutcracker to perform. So it just kind of the the recording schedule just kind of got all whacked out. And so we're very happy that Lee was able to go see the movie and the Herchers were able to go see the movie and we could have them on the show to discuss Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So guys, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for doing that. So we'd love to hear what you think about this particular episode of uh, the Magic Arway podcast in relation to Rogue One, man. So uh, shoot us an email, show at magicarway.com, and we'll read it on the air, man. We'd love to hear what you guys think about the points that they've tossed out there. Uh, There's a lot of good points there, so you want to definitely check it out. So guys, if you want to uh, voice your opinion on the new Star Wars flick, uh, there's several ways you can get in touch with us, man. You can shoot us an email at show at magicarway.com. You can call us and leave a voicemail or send us a text uh, via this number, one eight one five moweekend That is one eight one five six six nine four two two six. And if you happen to be on our homepage, magicarway.com, you can leave a voicemail through our speak pipe, which is that little widget on the right-hand side. It's just hanging out there saying, hey, man, click on me. And a couple of things, man. Support Eli and purchase his Project Geisha graphic novel. You can shoot us an email at magicourway at gmail.com. So that way you can uh, and let us know that you want to purchase one of the things and we'll, and we'll get, him in, get him in touch with you. You can follow him on Instagram at eivory504. You can follow him on Twitter at Hancock10166. On Facebook, he is ehivory. And you can also purchase and download his graphic novel, at peepgamecomics.com. That is peep, P-E-E-P, game, G-A-M-E, comics, with this X, C-O-M-I-X, dot com. Also, if you need a book of vacation, man, trust Lee of Magical Moments Vacations, which is a platinum earmarked Disney travel agency. Uh, you can get in touch with him today by shooting him an email at lee at com or call him at 413-DIZ-TRIP. That is 413 413- D-I-Z-T-R-I-P. And remember, a portion of every booking Lee makes goes to support Girl Power to Cure as well as the Magic Our Way podcast. And if you want to support the podcast in other ways, you could do so by clicking our affiliate links on our website. You can buy us some beignets. You can represent the Moican Nation wherever you go by purchasing some clothing from our shop. And lastly, one of the most important things, man, spread the word of the Moican Nation, man. Let everybody know that you're listening. 
Let everybody know what kind of show this is. And please leave a rating and a review on iTunes, man, or wherever you download this show, whether it is Stitcher, Blueberry, Google Play, etc. Um, that when people are searching for shows, man, that just does nothing but help us. And lastly, man, we thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to us and making us a part of your Disney fan life. We appreciate you and love hearing from our listeners. All opinions are welcome on the Magic Aura podcast, so get in touch with us today. So, my weekends, ladies and gentlemen, we say Quahirini. And on behalf of Danny, Eli, and myself, again, thank you to Richard and Rachel Hercher, as well as Lee for making this episode happen. We thank you, thank you, thank you very much. So, we hope everybody's having a great and safe holiday season. And we'll catch you next week on another episode of the Magic Our Way podcast. And with that, I say magic out. I have every intention of eating those bananas for breakfast, but I still somehow end up with tacos. The necessities of Mother Nature's recipe. Hey, guys. Hey, you hear that? Yeah. Yes. You know what that is? Tony Bennett? It is Tony Bennett. Oh, man. Italians recognizing Italian. You know what song <laughs> like that? What song is he singing? Well, the song that Lee couldn't sing when he was trying to do it for the Navigator. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, but do you, do you know what I'm listening it on? This is Mad Hatter Radio, which is an ra- online radio station of Disney fan stuff that we have partnered up with, man. How do you like that? Partners here on the Gulf Coast, Magic Carway and Mad Hatter Radio. Mm-hmm. Oh, creative buffs on radio stuff. That's like right. It. Yeah, it's good. It's another outlet. Uh-huh. You know, it, 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 what's good about it, yeah, let me tell you what's good, but you hear Tony Bennett. Mm-hmm. You could probably hear Bare Necessities done by like a, a metal group, a heavy metal group. You could mm-hmm. probably hear a country version of this. Oh, wow. You could probably hear like a funk version, James Brown type of... <laughs> Give me <a> Bare Necessities. <laughs> oh, <laughs> get on, get up again. Oh, yeah. You know? Hot tub, what you say now? <laughs> Disney. That's right. You can hear that all on the station, man. They, they don't just give you the normal spiels and, and, and r- attraction sounds, but they give you every creative variation that other artists have taken to the standard Disney songs. Like Tony Bennett right here. This yeah. little jazzy version of the Bare Necessities. You know. I'm thinking about Goodfellas right now. I don't know why. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom. Boy, listen to this station, okay? It's good for you. It's good for me. It's going to go ahead. It's going to help you out. It's going to make me out. It's going to be really good. Okay? Man had a radio. Bada bing, bada boom. Just do it, huh? Bada-bing.